Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are now listening to The Professional Homegirls, it's the kid Ebony from the PhD podcast, the only place where you would hear interviews from Black women anonymously on stories that would enlighten and expand on taboo topics. Now, if you hear someone that sounds familiar, mind the business that pays you, child. If you like the PhD podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Please, five star reviews only. Hold me down, don't hold me up. Merch is now available on the site as well as my book list, so please make sure you visit the link in the show notes below. You can connect with the kid on Instagram at the Professional Homegirl and at the PhD Podcast. If you are on Twitter, please follow me at the PhD Podcast. Now, if you are all caught up with episodes, listen to the bonus episodes by supporting the PhD Podcast Patreon account. To support, please visit www.patreon.com forward slash the PhD Podcast. Now, please keep in mind that all of my guests are anonymous, so let's begin this week's episode. So I'm so looking forward to speaking with my guest today because this conversation is so necessary and it needs more light, especially within our community. So to before I begin, to my guest, how are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? I'm not going to lie, y'all. I got a little cold, so I'm praying that it's not COVID, <laughs> but I don't feel crazy or anything, but I'm my listeners who've been listening to me for like a thousand years 
y'all can probably hear it in my voice because I sound a little stuffy, but I'm like, I don't like to cancel. And I really want to speak to my guest today. But besides that, I feel pretty good. That hopefully it's not the COVID. <laughs> I, I don't think it is because I don't feel like crazy. I think because I had went to um, my homecoming and I came back, but I think it was the climate change. And it was just a whole bunch of other stuff. And then we was outside all day and it was raining and it was cold. Oh yeah, the rain and the cold definitely will do it to you. <laughs> right. So let's pray, y'all, because I ain't got time and I cannot afford to get sick, child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it hard for you to speak about this topic? No, just to certain family members, it is because they don't necessarily know. But the ones that do know, I'm very open and honest and I'm comfortable t- with talking about it to strangers and to anyone who wants to talk about it because I actually want to work with kids and make them feel open enough to talk to me so we can bring more awareness to this topic. And protect more babies. That De- definitely, definitely. So what made you want to share your story on your channel? Because you 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 told everything. Well, because um, because growing up, like I shared on my story was like my mom, she talked to me about it and I didn't tell her. So I'm like, and as I got older, I regretted not speaking up because um, some of the people that were able to, you know, harm me or molest me, they were able to do it to other family members. And then that really hurt me because I felt like, dang, if I would have spoken up, maybe it wouldn't have happened to that person. And I want to bring awareness to parents that some parents are very naive and they really trust, you know, or, you know, anyone with their kids. Like they trust friends or family members. Oh, this person wouldn't do it. And they have to know you have to pay attention to the signs of your kids because most people that get molested, it's by someone your parent trusted you with. So it's always somebody that's close to you. That yeah, because in my case, it was never really strangers. It was who they were trusting me, leaving me with as a child. Did any of your family members see your videos? No, they do not know that I put it out there. <laughs> but I told my mom about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, my mom, she knows about it, but she hasn't seen it. But I, I didn't even tell my mom about it until a couple of years ago. I finally, I was just like, mom, I got something I need to tell you. We were on the phone. And she was like, what? And she took like a crazy guess or something crazy. And I'm like, no, it's not that. And I just told her and she was like, oh my gosh, like I, I had no idea. And she was like, she was proud of herself because she knew how her and my aunts and just the family history of molestation. So she always was saying, I'm happy that none of my boyfriends or anything ever did touch on my child. And which it wasn't any of her boyfriends that she ever had around as it was actually like more so my dad. Right. Yeah. um, She was like, dang, I, I didn't even know this. And I just broke it down and, you know, told her. So when it comes to my niece, who my mom babysits and my sister, sometimes, you know, my sister has friends around. My mom is on it. Like, she's making sure my niece is open and comfortable to talk about it. Right. I saw that you said that um, you feel like everything that happened to you was meant to happen. Do you still feel like that? It, it, it Sometimes it's... I, it's Oh, I can't even explain. It, it It makes me wonder. Like, it's like, was this just meant to happen? Because, like, the first time it happened, I was, like, three or four. And it's like, my cousin, who they left me with, they never left me with him ever before. So it's like, it's so crazy to me how the one day, because I used to be with my father's side of the family a lot. And my grandmother, she, me and her were always together. So as an, as I'm an adult, and I'm just like, what was she doing on that day that she had to leave me with my aunts? And what is it that my aunts wanted to go do where they had to leave me with him? 
And it had, you know, it, it just is right. crazy because the one day that they all had something to do and they had to leave me with him, it's like he took advantage of it. So right. it's like, I hate that it happened to me, but it's like, it, you know, it's going to happen. But I'm one of the people that's willing to talk about my experience. So I feel like things can work, work out, you know, in the end, it can work out for your good, even though it, it, it sucks it happened to me. But me sharing my story and me being so open about it can possibly save another child or help someone go get help the counseling that they need and break that generational curse oh because yes because i have a child too and i'm i pay attention to all kids i don't play about children that's why i tell people your kids are safe with me i'm watching everything and everybody i watch the kids with the kids i watch everything right when do you think is a good time to speak to children about molestation or somebody touching them inappropriately or things like that as soon as they're able to understand their private areas, because like I said, the, when it first happened to me, I was only like three or four when it happened mm-hmm. to me. So I feel like as soon as a child is able to understand, because like my daughter is two and I already teach her cuckoo. Like I don't say that I say cuckoo. So she knows and I point that she knows that's what it is. So she starts to understand a little bit more. So when she turns three, I think I will explain like who can touch your cuckoo and she can say nobody. And I'm going to tell her nobody. No, mommy, not that, you know, mommy can clean you. That's it. You know how they explain it to her. But I feel like once a child is able to understand, you don't have to say don't let nobody molest you. You just have to say who can touch there. And then so they right. can know no one is supposed to touch me in this area. And if somebody does touch you, you make sure you come and tell me. Exactly. And I feel like I've seen um, someone else talk about a girl who um, was molested and um, she was afraid to tell her parents. So I feel like parents, when we do explain to our kids, like no one's supposed to touch you, don't let your child think that you're going to hurt that person. Because some parents, some kids are afraid that their mom or dad will go to jail. You know, a lot of kids are afraid to speak up because they think their mommy and daddy is going to get in trouble. And so you have make sure you explain to your kids just feel comfortable enough to talk to me like who can touch you there nobody right if somebody touch you what you gonna do tell mommy okay like don't say you better tell me because if they touch you i'm gonna go hurt them because kids are afraid of that right looking back on everything what would you say are some signs that a child might have been harmed by an individual for me when they become closed off um, if, if you see that you had a very outgoing child and all of a sudden they don't want to be around people, they don't like going outside, they don't want to do normal kid activities. And then, you know, you know, your child, you see their behavior change drastically, especially after they you left them somewhere. That's definitely the signs you should pay attention to. Or if um, they're not wanting to wash that area or they're, they're wanting to just stay away from that area, those mm. definitely are signs. Mm, I didn't know about that one. That's a good one. And that's what, yeah, because like my sister, it happened to her and her attitude changed to where she became more like standoffish and kind of turned a little mean. And some people, the family, they didn't pay attention to it. Like they just thought she was just acting that way just because and not not ever sitting her down and asking her like, why did you know, why did this change? And that's what I kind of feel in our community. The older generation, they didn't really pay attention to the signs as much. I feel like we have more awareness and we have more tools and just more things out there that we're more aware that we have to pay attention to our children's emotions. And more people are speaking up from within our age group, too. De- definitely, because I've noticed even in my family, it was more so hush-hush. And yes. even when 
even when I decided to, um, when I got a little older, I didn't necessarily tell my whole side, but I told once my sister opened up to me and I was like, we both need to tell this. And she was kind of scared. And I said, if you tell, I'll tell what happened to me. And so it won't just be all the attention on you because you're afraid of what the family will say like that. You know, it's like, are they going to believe me if they do believe me? What's going to happen? It's just so it's just so many what ifs and it makes me be quiet. So I definitely yeah, I'm happy that a lot of people are speaking up about it. But when I did speak... Do you? Oh, go ahead, my yeah. bad. Oh, no, I was just going to say, when I did speak, they didn't really do anything about the one situation that I did share with my, about my sister. So as far as the family being hush-hush about it, like, they didn't do what I felt they should have did. Do you think there are signs that knows if a person is harming a kid? Like, do to you think me, you spot a molester or somebody that's a rapist? Sometimes. Um, for me personally, I think I can because it happened to me. I think um, women who they have never been, they never been in that type of situation. They're a little bit more naive. I feel like people that are aware or just were like, um, you know, people that have friends who went through this or people have opened up to their stories. They be, may be a little bit more aware because I pay attention to the signs. Like if a grown man wants to be around kids that are not his kids and it's too super friendly with kids that's something you need to watch if he's too comfortable if he wants kids to sit on his lap or he's you know you can watch and for me personally I always if a guy's a pervert to me I just pick that up I don't know if it's because it happened to me but it's just the signs are there to me like it's easy to pay attention to mm-hmm but some women, they, I just, I feel like some women ignore the signs because they just, you know, some women, they just want a man. So they'll definitely ignore the signs. But I feel like the signs are definitely there. You have to watch how they interact with kids and just little things that they say. Right. Well, let's start with your family because we got two stories in one. We got your family story and then we have your story. Okay. So your grandmother was raped by her stepfather. Yes. How old was she? 12, I believe, at the time. So what happened? Because I know she had two kids by him. Yes. So my um great grandmother, she had her boyfriend, and he was not my grandmother's father. Um, because my grandmother was her first child. So um, when after my grandmother, I don't know what her, I don't know what the deal was with her father, but that relationship didn't work. So it was my grandmother, and then she got with this man, and she continued to have more kids with him. So he didn't molest his own children, but he molested my grandmother, but she was the only one who was not his. And well, not molest, he raped her. So he raped her, he got her pregnant. Um, she had a son first, and then the her mother didn't do anything about it. Uh, he continued to rape her, she got pregnant again, and had a daughter, and mm-hmm. then so her mother sent her away and went to a like an all-girls school and just sent her away right. and then when she came back she's like where are my kids and her mother said I put those kids up for adoption and it was just and my grandmother we never found my uncle but my aunt she did um we found her well they found her but she was in her like 20s when they were able to find her and the reason they found her is because she looks almost identical to my grandmother oh man have, and you and your grandma never had a conversation about this. No, I learned this from my mother. My mother was always open about all the family history about molestation. Right. And then yeah. your mom and your aunt was molested by their uncle, which is your grandmother's brother. Yes. 
And when my mother did open up and let my grandmother know, my my mother, the same way my mother grew up telling me and my sister, like, always come to me. She said that my grandmother did that with them, that she was like, always come to me if anyone touches you. And she was she was like, because she was she was open and honest with my mother and my aunts about what happened to her. So she's like, make sure you tell me. So when my mom did come and tell her. My grandmother, she kind of didn't do anything about it. And then so my um, she sent my mother off to like the all girls school. And mm. when she came back, um, she told her counselor, like my uncle still in the, my uncle who molested me is still there. So the counselor had to talk to my grandmother and said, your daughter cannot be here if this if you're going to let your um, brother live here. So my grandmother, she put my uncle and my mother in the room and she says, this is what my daughter said you did to her and he was like come on come on I want to do that to her he just basically denied it and my grandmother just didn't do anything about it and I'm just it baffles me because I'm like you know what you went through and you but my my grandmother did suffer suffer a lot of mental illnesses from the lifestyle that she lived and all the trauma that she went through but I I still don't understand how you're not gonna defend your child and be there for your child because she didn't make my uncle leave and my mom she went to the all-girls school during the week but on the weekend she's able to come home and my grandmother basically after they had the conversation she would let my uncle live there during the week and then during the um weekend when my mom would come home she would make him leave do you think she didn't do anything because nobody did anything for her um that could be part of it because there was um my I mean, grandmother that's sad to that's sad to say but if i can it, survive it, 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 why can't you it, yeah and, and that's what i because it was a kind of a little jealousy thing there from the stories that my mom told me just like my grandmother was kind of jealous of her because my my mother looked different out of all the kids and looked completely my mother got a lot of attention and she was the taller one the slimmer one more beautiful one so my grandmother did feel some type of way because even one of my aunts told my mom she's like you know your mother's jealous of you and so I do feel like it has to do with and like that's a real know, thing and, it, and it's sad it's very sad yeah. um so I do feel like it has something to do with the jealousy there and it's like well yeah my grandmother she just she suffered a lot of mental illness um I'm I can't even say it's just from the rape, but from the way my great-grandmother treated her because my grandmother didn't treat her kids the best either. And then even me as the grandchild, she raised me. I didn't get treated. So it really messed her up. And so I feel like since she never got counseling and never got the medication that she needed to be on, she kind of took her anger out and she was not the best parent or grandmother. Yeah, that's heartbreaking. Definitely. It sucks. Yeah, why do you think people don't want to believe the kids? I believe when it comes to some women, they just want to be in denial. They don't want to have to deal with the pressure of, okay, what do I do now? Especially when it's a family member, they I think they feel like it's going to tear the family apart because some people, they will believe you and some people won't. Because um, I know my mom told me my grandmother, when she got a little older, you know, it ended up coming out that her stepdad did rape her and he was the father of her two kids. And his the ones that he was the father of, my great aunt, she didn't believe it. She didn't believe my grandmother. And she said, my dad didn't rape you. And so they had like a little fight or scuffle and they, you know, were beefing with one another because she didn't want to believe that her dad did that. So I feel like it's because you know it's it's kind of going to tear the family apart because some people will believe you, some people will refuse to believe you. Then it's like, what do I do? When I finally admit this, how is my life going to change? Because that's kind of my situation. 
I, I was just like, what's like once if I come out and say this, what's gonna happen? I have no idea how my life is gonna change. And some women they just don't want to let go of their let go of the man. Regardless of who the man is. Yeah, they, they just don't want to let go. That, Do you think that, deep down your grandmother knew it was true though? About your mom? Yeah. And how- Yes, I, she she had to because why would your child? You know, you know your child. You know, you know right. you have a lying. You know, and if you know that it happens to you, I feel like you automatically should believe the child, regardless. Like I just, I'm gonna automatically believe a child because why would this child lie, lie? Like why? What reason would they have to lie and say that? And my mother wasn't a troublesome child, so it wasn't like it was a ch- she got in trouble a lot and she was known for lying. No, you didn't really have any issues from her. So for her to say your brother, and then she she gave it to you in details. He she said he took her in the bathroom and was rubbing on her chest. And you know, it's, if, if a child is lying, they're not really going to be able to come and give you all these details. They're going to just say, right. "Oh," and I just don't see a child, especially at a young age. With teenagers, you can kind of question if they don't like the boyfriend or something like that. But a child and it's their uncle, what reason would they have to say that my uncle took me in the room and did this and did that to me? Right. Um, another situation you spoke about is how one night you woke up and you saw that your mom was beat up. Yes. So um, this was a night that I just will never, ever forget. Um, how could you? Yeah, so I was staying at my friend's house this night, and my mom said, I'm going out tonight. She came by. I remember she had a white dress, like a white dress, came to her mid-thigh, and I remember she came. She bought me my bag of snacks, candy, and all that, and she's like, okay, I'm going out, and, you know, stay here and have a good time. So the next day, when I go home, I woke up, and I walk in the hallway, and I just see her, and her face is like the size of a brick. Her face was swelled up like a size, the size of a brick. And she had on her hospital gown still, and she was slowly walking through the hallway. And I couldn't say, I, there was nothing, I, I couldn't even say. Um, and of course, just boohoo cried. Like, what happened to my mom? How old were you? Uh, maybe like seven. Wow. Yeah, and, and then um, she explained to me that she got raped and beat by um, a man. And I actually looked him up because he never got charged with her um, rape either because they didn't find him at that time. Uh, well, actually, they did find him, and I, something happened. I can't remember the exact story, but they didn't get to go to court because I know my mom moved. I can't remember all the details of why the charges didn't get pressed, but I know my mom did move. So he never got charged with her rape, but I looked him up and he did end up getting charged with a couple of other women's rapes. So she's not the only woman he did this to. Was it somebody that she knew or? She did not know him. Um, She said she was, I forgot where she was, but she was walking somewhere and he came up to her, started talking to her, like trying to get at her. And they went somewhere and I know they ended up in the hallway and he said, you know, I've been watching you for a while. So he had been watching her like in the neighborhood. So he's been clocking her kind of, you know, learning the schedule. And so he waited till he had his opportunity and he chose to strike. So he's like, I've been watching you. And then that's when he decided to rape her and beat her. And she said she ran and knocked on someone's door. And um, that's when they came out and seen her all bloody and beat up. And that's when the police came. How is your, like, how is your mom doing with all this? Because... I can only imagine the emotions you have as a daughter, but you're a mom as well, and then she's your mom, but she's a daughter. Like, like, what was the conversations like when y'all had these conversations? She just always wanted to, because 
I was like my mom's friend. My mom had me at 16. So my mom didn't treat me like her daughter. She treated me like her friend. So she would talk to me like I was her homegirl. And um, so I, I had to mature at a fast age because I had to understand a lot very early. And she definitely, her life, she went to the street life. She did get on drugs. She went the, she went the wrong direction just from her childhood. And that's what, that's another reason I'm open about everything because everyone can't handle this. Some people will turn to drugs or turn to, and my mom, she started drinking a lot too. So she dealt with it that way. And that my grandmother also was kind of alcoholic. So she dealt with hers doing that also. So my mom, it definitely affected her. And because she didn't trust men, of course, and she kind of went to the street life and did drugs and she got off drugs, but she loves to drink her vodka. Um, but even though she did this, I would still say she was a good mom to me as far as someone I could talk to. And she was still fun mm-hmm. and loving. She, she took the opposite of my grandmother. My grandmother took everything that she went through and she kind of was like the evil. Her, her, My great grandmother was like evil. She beat her kids mean to them. My grandmother took after that. She was mean. She was, I couldn't talk to her growing up. It's like I knew if I did something, I'm getting my butt whooped. She was more harsh. My mom and my sister and her sisters, my mom said that since they all got beat and they got molested and raped, they always talked amongst themselves when they were kids. And so when we have kids, we're going to make sure our kids have a different life. We're not going to beat our kids. We're not going to be mean to our kids. So my mom was more so of my friend. And it affected her because I feel like her life could have been so much better if she could have gotten the help that she needed instead of turning to the street life. Right. Because I always tell people, I don't, I mean, some people are addicted to drugs and um, and they addicted to drinking is because they're trying to escape something yes and that's what she said it was like for the most um, part yeah that, and that's what she said she's kind of like she went through and because I, I, I asked all these questions I'm like what was it like with you being out there on the street what was it and she she I, oh my gosh I really want my mom to get her story out because it's, it's it's crazy but it's well, like show because i think i actually told yeah i told her i said you need to go i told her i said i'm gonna do like a little interview or whatever i said but you got way your story is way more than mine and she definitely yeah especially she's an older woman and i love interviewing older women because there's so much game that they can put us on but it's also just you we get to see them as women and not as our mothers our grandmothers because it's like everybody has a story and you were somebody before you became my mom and my grandma you know De- definitely and my mom has stories like growing up as a kid even though the stories were it's bad things that happened to her but they will be so interesting because you're like you can't believe she went through this and survived this like right it's, it's and she was so I would love the stories that she would tell me as a kid it's like a story time because she would sit up and talk to me and my sisters and just tell us everything and I'm like wow but it's well, ain't bad. nothing like the strength of a black woman now <laughs> you, I'm, you, I'm like, <laughs> listen we we didn't been through some shit black women i don't know how we do it because my god it is jesus christ we have to show face all the time it's so exhausting i'm telling you and and, and when you say that it just makes, makes me remember this guy like i've always had the strong mindset i've always came across as the strong black woman you know you got to be strong no matter what we can't show feelings and the one time I decided to show feelings this guy was kind of like I look at you differently because you you yeah. always came off as so strong so strong I'm like I'm still a woman at the end of the day like I, sometimes we gotta sometimes we break down but I'm gonna yeah. pull myself back up but it's, it's sad that they look at us like we can't be soft like like can you, a nigga vent 
Yeah, like, and I was like, dang, like, I'm, I'm going through some stuff right now. He's like, I thought you were strong. I'm like, I am, but I'm human. Right. You also mm-hmm. talked about how you have family members that were molested by their moms. Yes. So when I was about um, 19 or so, my cousin confessed to me that her mom, um, my aunt had got on drugs. She kind of... um yeah, she got molested also when she was younger by my uncle, and um, I believe uh, she she actually got molested the first time that I know of was at her daycare when she was a toddler, and she um, came home with blood in her diaper, and my grandmother went up what? to the school. And I don't have all the details of that, but I do know that's the first time when my grandmother had to go to the daycare, and I don't know if they ever figured out who and what. I don't have all those details, but that was so... It, molestation just runs deep in my family. So... I know that she was molested. She was raped. She actually got pregnant at the age of 12. She was dating an older man. So, you know, she ran to the streets too to deal with her traumas. And um, she ended up getting on drugs. Um, Her drug of choice was cocaine. And my cousin um, opened up to me that her mom would, you know, molest her and her brother. Mm. And once the kids, they um, moved out of state, they ended up getting taken away from her. And she, we were never able to get my one female cousin back. And we ne- were never able to get her brother back. But we kept in touch with the brother and my one cousin. She was the oldest, so she was able to come back. But she said her mom would say crazy things like she had to do this. So no one else, like her, her mind was just, she was out of her mind. She was on drugs. And she felt that the voices, the voices were telling her, that's what she told my cousin, the voices were telling her to, you know, molest her children. So where is the mom at now? She, um, I haven't spoken to her in a couple of months, but she's kind of, she's still on drugs, but her and her mm-hmm. daughter have their relationship. Um, so my cousin, oh, does, cool. yeah, she, she forgave, she knows her mom is on drugs and she, so she deals with her accordingly, but, um, she, she forgave her mom. Um, but her mom is still on drugs. She is homeless and she, she is still in the streets right now. So, um, I haven't talked to her in a couple of months, but I was keeping in touch with her here and there. And it's like, sometimes with me being a, a victim of molestation, it's like, how can you talk to a molester? But when I know my aunt, before she got on drugs, you know, and I know what I know how to separate the person from the drugs. When in, right. in this case, so I do it's still talk to that definitely. And of course, it's like I know not to ever leave you with my child or around kid, you know. But I, I, I know I have. That's one thing I had to learn how to separate the crime from the person when you know that it's due to them not being in their right mind. Mm. And so, did you did you have a question, God? Because I know you was raised Christian, right? Yes. So growing up, I was raised Christian, but no one really even explained to me what being a Christian was or anything. My grandmother, she would just send us to church. And so as I got older, um, when she didn't make me go, I didn't want to go. I always believed in God, but I still was like, you know, I don't care to be around church because me being molested at a young age, I became, I did not like being around people. And they didn't even realize like why my little girl wanted to be in the house all the time. I did not like, I would play with the kids sometimes, but did um question like why like why did this happen because i used to separate myself from the myself that got molested i don't know if that makes sense but it's like i was two different people 
um, the girl that got molested was another person. Cause, uh, like when I was, would get molested, I would, uh, I guess, um, when they say people create split personality, like I would be in another, I would, my mind would go to another place. So even though my body is here on this bed and you're molesting me, my mind is somewhere else. So this is, it's happening, but it's not happening to me. because I'm not here. I'm somewhere else in my mind. Mm-hmm. So I would ask God, like, why, you know, why? Is this happening? Like, why me? Why? And you know, just why? But now that I'm older and I have my own relationship with God and my own understanding, I understand now that God does not control us. He gave us. He created us. We have free will. Things are going to happen. He's not going to be up there and being a puppet. Like, okay, I'm not going to let this bad thing, this bad thing happen. Life is going to happen. People are going to make their own choices. It's about what what choices we make and the choices, the things that do happen to us. It's about how we move forward from there and. In this situation, I use it for my good to bring awareness. I so I don't hate God or question. I do question why still, but things are gonna happen. I just know life is gonna happen, and I just try to use the situation to bring more awareness. Right. Now you said that the first time it happened, you was at the age of three, and it was by your cousin. He also had a disability, so I'm like, why would they leave him with you or leave you with him? And that's what I, I and, that, and that's my question. I'm like, but my aunts, they were young. They were teenagers. They were only like 17, 16, 17 or 17, 18. And I'm thinking, okay, well, at that age, what was I doing? I probably wanted to party and hang with my friends. So most likely they wanted to go hang somewhere and them not being responsible and them not having kids. They're, you know, they're still young teenage girls. Right. So they're like, well, that's what I'm just thinking. They probably wanted to go hang with friends or boyfriends, but I'm like, yeah, why did you leave? Like, why would you think it was okay? And I, I don't, I, you know, I was young, so I don't even know how long they left me with him. Because, but as soon as he, as soon as they left, I remember, as soon as, as, soon as they were gone, doors locked, he put me back in the back room and laid me down on the bed. And did you tell anybody about that particular situation? Nope, I didn't say, I did not. And, I, and, and that's what I questioned. Why didn't I say, why didn't I say anything? But like, I, guess that's when like I said that's when I created my split of the person in my mind like that didn't happen to me that happened to her like that and you were three years old so the fact that you remember every detail like I can only imagine like I can just only imagine when you think about it or if something triggered you how it makes you feel exactly and and that's and that's what i'm thinking too like maybe that's you know i was just still i was still young like my nana was still giving me a bottle at that age even though you shouldn't give a bottle to baby but my nana she was I, baby. right yeah he was still giving me a bottle i remember i was like i remember she used to still give me bottle milk i remember that like right yeah now um, the second incident when you were in first or second grade and you were walking home and a teenage boy followed you Yes. So I'm walking home from school by myself. And I and I told my mom the story. I'm like, why was y'all allowing me to walk home from school? Like I said, I had to grow up fast. I had to be mature fast. So I'm walking home from school by myself. I noticed he's following me. So I did realize, okay, I need to get this guy away from me. So I go into a hall because it's the way it was, it's like you walk up a hill, but there was apartments on the hill. And so the one apartment, I went inside the door and I just sat in the hallway. I thought, and I remember thinking like, should I knock on one of these people's doors? But you know, I don't want to just go in a stranger's house. I could say, hey, a boy's following me, but I don't know who's going to open this door and take me in their home. So I just said, okay, sit in this hallway, stay for a few minutes and maybe he'll leave so I stayed I came back out he was still there so instead of going back in the hallway I decided to keep making my way home he continued to follow me he waited until we got 
the way the hill was at the top of the hill, there were stairs with bars, but you could still see through it. So it wasn't covered. Um, I walk when I make it to the very top of the stairs. That's when he takes me, push me against the wall, open up my leg and put push his body in my leg, you know, in between my thighs and say, I thought you were going to play with me today. And then that's when I just screamed and it were people since I made it to the top level, there were people, other kids and stuff outside. And instead of him going forth with whatever he was planning to do to me, he just let me go. And I don't know if he ran off or walked off, but either way, I went home and I didn't tell anyone about that either. And what happened to him? Like, did, did you ever see him again after that or? No, I, yeah. Cause I don't even know who he was. Mm. And then you was also molested by two girls. Yes, so my mother when now, not, to, not to cut you off, but I feel like once people hear your story, people ain't gonna have their kids around nobody. <laughs> <laughs> they and you and you have and you, and you gotta be like that. Yeah, because um my daughter stuck to my head, I'm telling you. I so yeah, so um when my mom now these two it was it, like my mom was afraid her boyfriends would molest me, but no, it actually ended up being her boyfriend's kids. <laughs> um so one of the incidents uh, this guy she was dating, he would bring his niece over. And um, I remember we were in the room, we were humping big old teddy bears for whatever reason. She convinced me, like, we're gonna play humping. And you hump this. I had a big teddy bear on the bed, I'm humping the teddy bear, she's humping another teddy bear. So then she's like, You need to come hump me. And I was like, No, like, no. And she's like, If you don't come hump me, I'm gonna tell your mother you was in here humping the teddy bear. So I'm like, okay, like thinking I'm going to get in trouble if she tells my mom, of course, I'm a kid. I don't know any better. So I'm like, okay, so now I get in the bed with her and me and her. And then the second incident um, ish time was my mother was dating another guy and he um hit me and his daughter was left alone in the room and i remember the girl she was telling me she was like you know if you hold your pee and you push on your stomach right here it's gonna feel it's gonna make you feel something it's gonna make you feel good and i'm like okay so she starts like pushing on my stomach and stuff then i know she lays on the bed and she opens up her legs and shows me her vagina and she wants to hunt me and i'm she she was a little bit older than me maybe a year or two i don't know how much older but and so now she has me humping her. Mm. Those are just the two incidents of the, with the two females. But it's like you, you know, that in my mom, of course, she's thinking I'm upstairs playing with another little girl. Right. She's not knowing that these girls are like, you're gonna do this with me, or I'm gonna tell, or they're just exposing you, and then you know you're the younger one, so you're just like, okay, I'm just gonna go along with it. You don't really, at this age, I'm still like seven or eight at this time. And you really have to be careful when you leave your kids around. Because I remember when I was a kid, we used to always play house. Exactly. Um, yeah. Because I, I don't very... remember me. I'm going to cut you off. But I don't remember me initiating it. I remember people like teaching me what it was and I would just play along with it. Exactly. And that just goes to show so many kids are exposed to this and we think it's normal. Like I grew up thinking humping was so normal. Like, yeah. I, like it was no. Yeah. It's like it's no big deal. Like when I was right. uh, 10 years old, the boy upstairs, me and him would go upstairs and just hump dry hump put our clothes on yeah yeah thinking it's normal and now that i'm an adult i'm like i wish i would catch somebody doing this to my child even though they're a kid you know but kids are exposed so early you really you have to watch what they're watching on tv and everything and people think it's, it's no big deal but you have you can't you can't just oh you're opening up portals when you let your kids watch this stuff on tv or let them listen to Start, see certain music videos, all this sexualization that's in the world, you have to you have to teach your kids about this. You can't just let them watch this stuff and not explain it to them because then they become curious and they're going right. to try to things with other kids. Did 
Did you ever question your sexuality because of that? I girls? did. Yeah, I I wouldn't say it was just because of the two girls, but like growing up, I um I didn't really question it like um around that age. I started questioning it once I started hanging with my cousin, who she told me she was kind of into girls, and I'm like no. But then she started bringing girls around me that were studs, the ones that look like boys. And I did start to like question. And then I had my little phase of, you know, getting your heart broken by boys. And then I went had a phase where it's like I hated men because I'm like every man I love is like the they molest, you know, the thing they should do time with my grandfather, with my cousin, with it's like the, all the men I love, they always they're doing bad things to me. And then my father, I, he wasn't in my life. So it's like I hate men. So then I did start questioning like, should I try to, you know, be with the woman right. like so you did start to question but I did know that I felt like no that's not the lifestyle I wanted to live so I did get out of that but it did I went through a little phase and then there was also a situation with your grandfather he was trying to touch on you yes so growing up me and my grandfather we were close like my family they moved away when I was like five but before then that I was with my dad's side of the family all the time so I was real close with them so when they moved away they would get us for the summer we'll come down south visit and then um when they came to visit I noticed my grandfather he was kind of being mean like he wasn't the same nice grandfather that he used to be he was kind of mean um when I saw him then you know he didn't try anything then so when I did come back to visit again at the age of six I came to visit at 14 he was he was nice then then I came back at 16 I came back at 16 the first time um actually we would they would make us sleep in the same room together because um we're all family piled up in a it was like three bedrooms but so everyone just had to like pick a room a lot of kids would spend a night my dad my sisters and cousins everyone's piled up so you basically just have to sleep where you can so they would put him in the room with me but he was in the bed across the room I was in the other bed and there would be times I would wake up in the middle of the night he has his Johnson out playing with it like and I'm like so I would just constantly turn my back and I'm like he knows I'm up you know but he he didn't try anything he's just over there pleasuring himself um even though I'm in the room so the first time he tried something, me and him had to go home to my aunt's house and spend the night over there because they had to do something at the house um, that we were living in, at my grandmother's house. And when he he caught me out the room, he was sleeping in the living room. I was in my cousin's room. He came, he told me to come here. So I come and he's like, I'm going to give you some money. When I get my check, I'm like, okay, like, yeah, grandpa, you're going to give me some money. He's like, yeah, I'm going to give you some money. And I'm like, okay, you're going to give me some money. And then he uh, took my hand and tried to put my hand in his pants to touch on his Johnson. And at this time, I'm 16. So I'm like, this is not going to happen. So I just got up and ran to the room and locked the door. Mm. And ever since then, he was just a jerk to me. He was mean to me from that point on. And, and then it also, you also said that he touched your cousin too. Um, okay, yes. Yeah. So after the situation happened with me, I didn't tell because I didn't know how the family was going to take it. So I didn't tell live and act normal and just still live in the house with him. So, okay, I moved away. Came back down to visit, and so my cousin went to spend the night with me at my grandparents' house. So we all went to sleep. We're in the living room. On um, the next day, I wake up, and to the family, it's a whole big thing because she told it. She said she was asleep. She woke up. His hands were in her pants, and so my first thought, and I did open up to her um, a couple years ago about what he did to me. So of course, I wanted to talk to her, but she didn't want to talk to anyone. So I couldn't get in touch with her. So I text her mom, I'm like, have her call me, you know, like, tell me what happened. Cause I, 
I'm just hearing the story of what she told her family and they're calling my family and it was, everyone's going back and forth. But everyone believed my grandfather. He's like, I wouldn't do that, which he was, he um, did have a brain aneurysm. So I don't, I was able to forgive him because I felt like it was because of his, because before his brain aneurysm, he never tried anything like that. But I also knew like he does not need to be around kids. But um, my cousin, she spoke up and then my family didn't believe her. So, of course, I felt bad because I'm like, OK, I can speak up and say what happened to me. Then they might say, why didn't I speak up but when it happened? And how are they going to are they going to believe me or are they going to believe him? And then um, after that situation, um, my sister, me and her were talking. This was years later. My grandfather is dead at this point, And me and my sister were in the room talking. And she um, I don't know how we got on the subject. And then I'm like who did who was it and she was like I don't want to tell you and I'm like no I said if you tell me what happened to you I'll open up and tell you what happened to me and then that's when she told me that he used to play in her vagina when she was a little girl and that just that that that's the one that really broke me because this is my baby sister and I'm like damn if I possibly would have spoke up he you know he would have got kicked out the house or he would have right. they would have the kids around him but I was afraid of the backlash. So that, that really hurt me. And right. that's another reason why I fuck up so much now because I could have saved my sister from possibly getting molested by our grandfather. Mm. What do you think is going on with these men in this family? Because you also spoke about how your uncle peed on you and I think your cousin. Yeah, me and um uh, she was like a cousin. She was just a well, she was a neighborhood friend of mine, but she was like family. Um me and her were in the um bathtub. And I, and this is uh, when I'm like four or five, I remember he came to the bathroom to pee and I just remember he opened the curtain and he just pissed on us. Like he was just peeing and we're kids. So I didn't, yeah. you know, like, oh, you're peeing on it. Like, you know, trying to move out the way. But now that I'm an adult, I'm like, what the heck? You know, I would kill someone. Girl. But I, so I don't know. I uh, yeah. I'm like I can't. Uh, yeah, that is just. I'm like, what the hell? But later on, I did find out that that uncle um, was doing drugs. I don't know if he was doing drugs at that time, but I did find out later on that he was um, in yeah doing some drugs. So maybe that's why he did it, or maybe I still don't know because he was at least in his early twenties when this happened. Right. Age, you know better. Like. So, yes, yeah, so I, I, that one baffles me still because I don't get why the hell would you be honest. And then even with their, um, even with your cousin's mom boyfriend, you said that he hopped in the bed with you because you were crying and he was yeah. talking about, yeah. So with this, um, and this was my cousin, the one that I, that got molested by my grandfather. This was her because me and her were super close. So um, and when this happened, um, that I was 17. So my me and my boyfriend broke up. I'm in the bed, but who crying? My um cousin's mom, I was living with them. She would leave me, you know, there and she would go to work, cousin would go to school because I was out of school at this time. So I was still living with them. So I'm in the bed, but who crying? So the bathroom and the door, the, her, my cousin's room and the bathroom were connected. So once you walk out of her room, you got to walk to the bathroom, then you got to get out through another door. So he heard me in there crying. He opened the door, he peeked in, and he's like, what's wrong or something? And I was just like, I told him, I said, so and so broke up with me. And he was like okay I'll be back I don't worry I'll be back and I when he said that I kind of was like what do you mean like, you know I'm like, right. okay, so he drops my um cousin's mom off at work and he comes and he hops in the bed with me he takes off his clothes he's just in his boxers and he's like um 
what is that? He's like, I'm hungry. You got something for me to eat. And I'm like, I'm crying. I'm in here just, but my, I'm crying. Like, what would even make you think that I'm going to sit here and do anything with you? So I just got to close the door. And I called her once I knew that he was out of the room. I got, because I didn't even have a cell phone. I had to get their house phone. But I had to make it out the bathroom to get the house phone. I called her. She's at work. And I said, he just hopped in bed with me. He said this. And she was like, oh, he's probably high. She knew that he popped pills. So she's like, oh, he's probably just high. She was like, just stay in the room. You know, don't come out. Just stay in there. And um, mm. nothing, nothing happened. She still stayed with them. I don't think she ever even brought it up to him. She just, and that's why I say a lot of women, they just ignore it. What's your relationship like with your dad now? Now, he has no idea about all the things that I've been through, but me and him, we do have a relationship now. Growing up, I did hate him because um, I felt like you weren't here for me. And um, where I live now, like a lot of the men here, they like white women. And growing up, up north you don't see that when you come down south that's all you see and so that made me feel away with my dad because my siblings they're all mixed with white so it made me feel uh, like he got a white woman yes mm. so it made me feel like you cherish these white kids you was here for these white kids you love these white kids but i'm your black child and i have another sister and like you left me you're, you're two black kids you wasn't here for us you wasn't there for us but when i come down here these white kids you're living with them you're taking care of them you're doing everything for them you're still with their mom you know they have that dad that because even when i did come here to move and i moved with the side of the family he still didn't step up and be a dad like I felt he should have I still was living with your parents I, you still didn't do anything for me but these white kids get you know so that made me feel the type of way with that whole situation but um so I kind of like I, I, I love my sisters and brothers like I dad didn't have nothing to do with, with how he you know I, I separated those two yeah, so, yeah, I love it then, but I definitely always felt away towards him. And one time we had a situation where I had to spend the night at their house because my um lights had got cut off and they um couldn't get cut back on. The people couldn't come back out to cut them on to the next day because um I missed the freaking. It's a long story, but long story short, I had the money. I forgot to pay it, and my sister went to my house. She's like, "Your lights are off." I'm like, "What?" So I called people. They couldn't pay it, and I mean, I couldn't. They couldn't say, "Yeah, you can pay it, but we can't come out till tomorrow." So I paid them. They said, "We'll be out tomorrow." So now, I'm like, where am I going to go? So my stepmom, she's like, "Come to my house and stay with me and your dad." And I'm like, Ugh, "Okay." So I go. I spend the night, and my dad is like, he finally opened up and just explained his side of the story as far as saying how he was young because he was only 17 when he had me so he just explained it and then from that conversation i let the hate go so i feel like all that happened for a reason with um the lights i just like god did that for me to get that hate out of my heart because i walked around hating him but he just kind of broke it all down of i was young i was this this was, this was my mindset and i just i just let the hate go so now we're cool we have a dad-daughter relationship we're still not super duper close but we can talk about a lot but i have not opened up to him about all of this and what kind of pisses me off about my dad he knows i'm paranoid about this and he kind of makes fun of me about it when it comes to my daughter like you're not gonna get a man because you're so you're, you're, you're too paranoid someone's gonna touch your damn daughter like he said that to me one day and it, i kind of got so pissed i wanted to just like you, you want to know why? Like you want to know why I'm so paranoid? Because your your father, your 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 cousin molested my sister. Your your cousin molested me. Your nephew molested my sister. You know, I wanted to just blurt it all out. And sometimes I still wonder, should I? You know? Yeah. Do you think you're gonna ever tell him? The way my family is is. I don't. I I want him to know, but it's just I, the back. The things I'm gonna have. To, I just don't know. Because mm. my cousin, cousin who 
Granny is not alive anymore. That's and my grandfather's not alive. You know, so sometimes I feel like it's just it's kind of no point because they're not alive. But my mm-hmm. cousin who molested my, my nephew, who's my cousin, my um my dad's nephew, he's alive and he molested my sister, but he lives in another state. And my dad still talks to him. So I kind of want to bring that up. But you know, that's my sister's story. So it's like right. if you me to bring it up, I can't really bring it up. But it's a part of me. I, I do sometimes. I'm like, if he pisses me off enough, I'm going to blur it out. That when he, yeah, when he said that about my daughter, like, you're too paranoid. And I'm like, don't you think it's a reason why I'm paranoid? You think I'm just paranoid for no damn reason? Right. I definitely think you should pray on it. But I, 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 I mean, I know it's easier said than done, but I would probably say something because we, we can't keep, we can't keep this happening because ain't no telling what they're doing in these other states, you know? Yeah, you you're right, and it's that, and that's what I want to. But, but it's, it's just, easier said than done, yeah, which I understand. Definitely, but yeah, you're right. You need to plan that. that uh, in what ways has being molested affected you? Oh, they they. Uh, I feel like that's the reason I'm single. To I'm, I'm 32, almost 33, and I'm still single. Um, and the reason I it has so much to do with the I don't trust men of course, but I don't, I don't take it out on, you know, I don't think oh, every man's a child molester, no, I don't think every man is bad, but it makes me overly paranoid, but it makes me shut down, how I said, like, when I was three, I created that other personality, in my relationships, I was shut down, when things would happen that I didn't like, me and my guy from boyfriend at the time, or whatever, once we had that disagreement, I would just sit there, and he can be so we can he can be mad, you know. We have arguments. I'm just shut down. Like it's like he's not even talking to me. It's like I'm not even there. So that messed up, you know, some relationships because I like you just shut down. You're just not here, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm going. And then it makes me go after the wrong guys um, because I would want the guy that I wanted that didn't pay me too much attention because when the guy would show me too much attention, it's like he wants me. It makes me feel like that little girl again inside. And it, uh, it's like I shut down. It's like he wants me too bad and it's making me feel yucky inside. Like he's wanting me how my cousin wanted me, how my grandpa wanted me. So it, it messed me up psychologically. And years and years, I asked myself like, should I go get some type of therapy? Should I, you know, and I never did. And now I feel like maybe I do need to, because I, I want to fix that because I'm like, I'm, I want to get married. I want to have a good relationship and be able to love a man the correct way and be able to receive love because it's like, I love the ones who do me wrong instead of loving the ones that truly love me and the ones that say, I love you. I want to be with you. And I'm just like, oh no, you want me too bad. Get away from me. And it sounds okay. so retarded, but it, it messed me up what I went through. And you also say you only like to date younger men because older men will also make you feel like a child yes i've grown out of that i feel like but but yes um and not I, young as in like yeah of course yeah right. but just younger than me i used to have that feeling like yeah the uh, uh, older guy it I, I felt like that little girl so it was like a guy that was younger than me i felt like it was just i felt safer i don't i can't even explain it but i just felt safer with the younger guy because it wasn't like the old because the all everyone who molested me or tried to rape me or molested me or everything they always were older than me so when a younger guy wanted me it's like okay i'm the older one i guess i felt more dominant because i'm like i'm the older control yeah so so yeah felt more comfortable do you feel like the grown-ups in your life failed you i would say yes but i have to look at what they went through so when it comes to well, when it comes to my grandmother, one thing about her um, on my mom's side, the one who raised me, the one who went through getting raped and all that, she never had us around any men. 
but she also never talked to me about molestation. She never opened up and told me her story, but she didn't, she never put us in the situation as far as, um, in her dating life where she dated anyone. She never brought any men around us or anything. My mom, I, I don't blame her for nothing because once you hear it, once she tells her story, I can't be upset with her because I'm like, your mom failed. You know, I, I, I realized like your mom failed you, your grandmother failed you. You didn't have, and you had me at a young age. You didn't have the proper guidance. You didn't have, but, but she did try. She did open up and talk to me about her molestation. She did tell me, talk to me. So she did, but it was me who just decided not to. Now on my dad's side, I feel like they're a little more naive. Excuse me. I feel like they're a little more naive when it comes to that because they never talked to none of us about molestation they never they felt like they can trust us with anyone in the family but i feel like that's because they were never molested so that's why that you know of well yeah that that i know of so and i just feel like yeah um and so that's why i think when it comes to the when because like me and my sister that were molested you can tell the difference between her me me and my sister is uh because we all have kids the one sister that, as far as I know of, she never said anything about being molested. She's different. She's more trusting with letting her kids go places and be around people. With me and my other sister, our kids are always with us. Like, we don't play that. They can't go nowhere. Right. So how do you think we can break this generational curse within our community? Because this happens in so many families. I feel like, first, the ones who have been molested, they need to get the proper counseling. They need to get the proper, so they can know how to deal with it properly and that they don't turn to the drugs or the alcohol or taking it out on, being angry, taking it out on the wrong people or taking it out on themselves. I definitely feel like we need counseling. Um, And I feel like we have to have these open conversations with our kids we cannot keep it bottled in we need to say this is what happened to mommy this is what happened to whoever they need to know that it happened to us we can't because if they because that's that it makes a child feel more comfortable in some situations they won't feel like they'll feel like this happens to someone else too so i can talk about it if it happens to me and also definitely watch who you have your kids around stop having your kids stop feeling like oh this is my boyfriend i can trust him with my child this is whoever watch watch the signs if you notice this person a little too comfortable with kids and they want the kids to sit on their lap and they want they say little things like i i heard a guy uh my sister's boyfriend she didn't pay any attention at all her boyfriend called my baby sexy to her they were on they were shoot they were on video chat and my cousin, I mean, my sister put my baby on. You know, he knew, he knows my baby. She's like, oh, I'm here with my sister and the baby. He was like, hey, sexy baby, sexy baby. As soon as I heard, to me, that was a trigger for me. But to her, she, it, 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 and she's the one who wasn't molested as far as I know. So she, it didn't bother her. It didn't trigger anything on her. So I'm like, people need to become more aware of things like that. You need to watch how people are looking at your kids. Like, if you, I noticed one time too, like I was changing my baby's diaper um, you know, she's a baby, so you think you know no one should be looking. I look up, I noticed that my sister's um boyfriend, I like her her baby daddy, he was looking that way, and I'm like, why you know this is like oh. she's a baby. But I noticed, so it's like these are things other people, no one else in the we was like, the whole family was there, no one else picked this up but me. So right. it's like, but I I pay attention. So I feel the way one of the ways to help break it, we have to pay attention to these little things they say, little things they do. And pay attention to how your kids are reacting around certain people. 
And if their behavior changes, we have to, you have to watch everything. Just stop being so trusting of people. And if you do, of course, people have to work. People have to go places. If you do have to send your child off somewhere, when they get back, you don't have to say, does someone molest you? Don't do it like that. But you do have to say, hey, what did you do? Like, uh, you know, like you have to do it in a nice way. Don't make, because I want the reason I'm saying this, because my sister, she got um, my sister's mom's boyfriend. And this happened when my sister was, uh, like 1920 she's grown at this time but her boyfriend her mom's boyfriend came into bed and tried to have sex with her and my sister was so afraid to tell my dad even though we're grown she said I was afraid because my dad he always talked to my sisters about molestation and she said I'm so afraid to tell him because I don't want him to go to jail so mm. she was afraid to tell him. So she told me and I told my dad when this happened with my sister so some kids they are afraid to tell their parents because like, if I tell mommy she's going to go to jail, she's going to hurt this person. She's going to go to jail. Right. Or I tell he's going to, because that would happen with the situation with my grandpa. My, me and my grandmother are super close, and they weren't really together anymore. They were just kind of still living together, but they, the love and all that was gone. So I was afraid. I was like, if I tell my grandmother, it's only either she's going to kill him. That was my thought. I said, she's going to kill him if she find out he tried to do this to me because me and her are so close. Or either they won't believe me. Right. So, but yeah, those are the ways. Talk, talk to the babies. Yeah, you got me think of my best friend. He has a daughter. And he was like, honestly, I just can't wait for her to learn how to wipe herself properly because I just get uncomfortable. Like, uh-uh. Like, he was like, I just tell her, like, dab some tissue down. And he said, I don't want to be around her. Like, he said, I don't. He, he like, that's my daughter. But I just, mm-mm. And I said, no, I completely understand because I get uncomfortable when I'm around other kids, too. Like, I'm like, you call me if you need help. But I don't want to go in the bathroom. Uh-uh. <laughs> exactly and that's and that's and that's why i said that's one thing if a child if a man is too comfortable with okay with right. doing all that because one thing about my dad i was like i said i wasn't raised with him but my sisters were they said growing up he always like that's how he was with them like he didn't as soon as they could wipe themselves he he told them he was like don't let nobody in the bathroom not even me like yeah. and he's like that now my daughter he's and like not to say they, they gonna do anything but it's just like you're a man like exactly you ain't got no Exactly. So I'm like, any man that is too comfortable with doing all that, they, they, yeah, you got, you got to watch that because real men that are not like that, they don't. My dad, uh, my my cousin's father, like my aunt says, like my even with his daughter, he would drive that. Like my cousin had a poopy diaper when she was a baby, and my aunt was at work. He said he would drive down the street to his sister's house and have his sister change the baby. Yeah, you know. go to that extreme of course but that's just saying he didn't feel comfortable most men if they don't like kids they're gonna kind of not want to do all that right like she'll be in the shop be in the tub and he'll be watching the game he's like i let her do her thing like i give her her privacy <laughs> and i'm like yo i respect it exactly exactly how it should be well last but not least what would you say to your younger self speak up don't be afraid of consequences or anything speak uh, i would definitely speak up tell it all mm. just that's it tell, tell it all tell everything don't keep your mouth closed about nothing right well I thought this was a very informative amazing conversation I really want to say thank you so much for sharing your story because I really feel like we got to push these stories out more so we because I feel like a lot of people are still not talking about it Definitely not. And that's why I'm willing to always talk about this. Get it out there, honey. Yes. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please make sure to email me at hello at the And until next time, everyone. 
And until next time, everyone. And I hope I didn't sound too stuffy. <laughs> I don't think you did. <laughs> I didn't sound stuffy, right? Yeah, no, I don't think you did. <laughs> like, I'm trying to hold my cough and my sniffles in. <laughs> <laughs> until next time, everyone. Later. All right, bye. <laughs> Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.